Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And today we're continuing our special Dreamforce 2021 coverage. This year's Dreamforce theme is success anywhere and Dreamforce everywhere. And you can experience it on the newly launched Salesforce Plus. So head over to salesforce.com slash plus to experience Dreamforce this year. That's salesforce.com slash P-L-U-S. How are we staying safe and secure and also innovative in the era of digital everything? That's a question our next guest spent a lot of time thinking about. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and European Commissioner for Internal Market Thierry Breton. So let's listen to their conversation where they discuss upcoming infrastructure changes and the role of policy in balancing service, speed, and trust. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamforce, Salesforce's annual conference. We are so lucky today to be joined by U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and European Commissioner for Internal Market Thierry Britton. Thank you so much for coming today. I wanted to just get started to kind of set the scene about where we are. It's been a hard year and a half for a lot of people around the world. I know that we're making big strides. Just yesterday, it was announced that vaccinated folks from the UK can travel to the US. Uh, Secretary Raimondo, I wanted to start with you. How has the COVID-19 pandemic changed the way you think about how technology impacts our life? Uh, First of all, nice to see you and wonderful to be with Commissioner Breton. We have already developed a great uh, relationship and friendship. So technology has, COVID has changed everything about the way we live and work and has highlighted, um, first of all, how harmful the digital divide is in America uh, and throughout the world. Um, COVID exposed deep inequalities in our society along many lines, but when you look at the digital divide, those that didn't have access to technology, access to broadband, were, you know, really left behind. They couldn't work from home and, you know, go on Zoom and do their meetings. Their children couldn't go to school if they didn't have broadband. People weren't able to go to the doctor uh, with telehealth if they didn't have broadband or a computer or digitally literate. So to my mind, it's really uh, an urgent call to action for all of us to democratize technology, make sure everyone has broadband, everyone is digitally literate, everyone has the computers that they need to do that, um, and also that we continue to develop technology uh, for the good of the consumer, for the good of the patient, for the good of the American family. It's such an interesting tension that you bring up because there's so much promise in technology, as you mentioned, telehealth, but there's also so many negative side effects of growing so fast without my, you know, regulating it to the point where it can be necessarily safe for consumers. Commissioner Breton, how do you think about this tension between innovation and regulation, especially at a time when we are moving so fast uh, in our technological world? Again, uh, uh, I'm extremely happy to be here. Uh, and, uh, and together with Secretary Raimondo, of course, uh, and to be able to address um, uh, this important issue and topics. Jumping on, on what uh, Secretary Raimondo said, uh, from, from our part uh, in Europe, uh, of course, we share 100% what, what Secretary Raimondo said. But in addition, uh, we learn uh, that it's extremely important to have robust infrastructure. Because not only we need to fight digital divide, but also we need to make sure that our infrastructure will be able to support 
the Lord. And to tell you the truth, when I, I started to see that all our families in Europe had become fine, I've started to be a little bit afraid because, of course, everyone was using their own networks to telework, uh, to, uh, to, to socialize, uh, to do many things at the same time. And then we realized that, yes, it's extremely important to have the kind of network that we need. And by the way, to have also resilient infrastructure and resilient backbone. And the second thing we realized also in this kind of uh, uh, um, environment, that it's extremely important to be able to uh, monitor, uh, 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 let's say, our supply chains. And we realized that, uh, that uh, some supply chain had, had to be closed. And then, of course, we had to react. So that's the kind of things we learn. Then, of course, um, um, you, you raise the question of, uh, of innovation and, and, and regulation. Let's be honest. During this uh, very period, we all live mostly in the digital space. Mm. And it's true. We all know that, that in digital space, I mean, there are still things that uh, our children are doing uh, that are a little bit uh, frightening, I should say. Um, and then we decided that it was extremely important, of course, we didn't wait for the COVID crisis situation, of course, but we decided that it was our job as politicians uh, to um, uh, make sure that everything which is authorized uh, offline uh, could be authorized online, and everything which is forbidden uh, uh, offline is forbidden or should be forbidden online. And you will understand what I mean by that. Uh, that's what we call about just, uh, it's not regulation for regulation, it's just uh, protecting uh, what is most important for us, our democracies, our values, and, 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 and what we have built over the past century to live together. Then, of course, we see also that in this digital space, um, we have some uh, behavior uh, which are not exactly the kind of behavior we like in uh, in the normal, uh, let's say, competition rules. We have some 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 companies uh, 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 that we call gatekeepers. They are extremely big, and and they, by the way, they. Let's say they kill innovation sometimes because they're so big that it's very difficult for small companies to find their way. And this is why, uh, with our DMA, Digital Market Act, we decided uh, to just to correct this. But again, it's not against innovation; is uh, on the contrary for innovation. In Europe, you know, you've really taken the lead on protecting data and privacy, and that includes information from kids. I think we're learning right now in the U.S. and trying to follow your lead. Why do you think the U.S. sometimes follows the EU in terms of creating forward-looking regulation in technology? I'm not sure we could say that um, because uh, I see that my friends here in the U.S. and also uh, um, in the Senate or in the, in, the, in, the, in the chamber, I mean, they're working hard on this. Uh, and so I really think personally that we are on the same path. So now it happens that... Uh, 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 we have been able to put uh, this, uh, let's say, uh, proposal in place because uh, it was the beginning of a new commission. Uh, I think it was at the end of the former administration. But I really don't think that uh, uh, we are in a race here. Uh, I believe that we share the same values. We share the same view. We are very close. So it happens that we did this maybe a, a, a few months uh, uh, before uh, the new administration uh, took office. But I really think that we are the same path. May I? Absolutely. That? Because I, I'm pleased to hear what you just said. You know, I, I don't think of it either as leading following. I fundamentally agree. We share the same values, whether that is promoting innovation, promoting market-based competition, 
keeping consumers safe and having the appropriate level of regulation in order to do all that without stifling innovation. And you know, that is the, that is the challenge before us. Um, so while we don't always agree, you know, you mentioned the DMA. I mean, we, we do, we have a great many concerns with the DMA. I hear from the tech industry all the time. It's not that we disagree on the fundamentals. And so that's why um, <laughs> after this, the commissioner and I will go upstairs and have a meeting. You know, we're going to meet and we're going to talk. We're going to find how to structure regulations that are consistent with our values but that, you know, respect our different governments and different court systems. And um, I would say there's fundamentally so much more about which we agree than, you know, disagree. Here in the U.S., we're constantly thinking about competition. It's a value that's clearly aligned between the two of you, fair competition. We house some of the biggest technology companies in the world here in the U.S., and they impact users in the EU and everywhere else. Uh, Secretary Mondo, I'm going to have a follow-up with you. What do you think about right now where we stand in sort of looking at competition and antitrust in terms of some of our biggest technology companies? I know there's a lot of investigations. Where does it go from here? Yeah, it's a good question and a very complex issue. The challenge with um, setting a broad policy is that if you overregulate, you have the effect of stifling innovation. So in certain circumstances, if there's too much M&A, too many mergers in a particular industry, uh, you know, it is certainly true that any given company through these acquisitions can become too big, can buy up all the intellectual property in an area. And that is cause for serious concern. And, you know, we have to look at, you know, breaking that up or taking actions. Having said that, um, I worry, we worry about being overly broad in regulating an entire industry or discriminating against any you know, particular industry. Because at the end of the day, it is innovation and our market-based economy that is the engine of growth and productivity. I will say this, and this relates to the work we're going to do and the work we're going to do in the USEU Trade Technology Council. It's extremely important that like-minded democracies that share the same values about you know, market-based competition, about privacy, about protecting the consumer, about security, that we together write the rules of the road. And so that's why I think even though we will disagree, we sit at the table long enough to, to find common ground. Commissioner Breton, I'd love to get your uh, take on that, especially on the Trade and Tech Council. How does that partnership, which I believe that launched in June, help to facilitate these types of conversations? We have seen, uh, that's obvious, uh, uh, some uh, um, uh, situations that we believe are not uh, exactly uh, matching uh, what just uh, Secretary Romano said, you know, good behavior in competition in the digital space. And of course, uh, uh, it's extremely complex. Because the last time we organized, uh, let's say, the digital space, at least in Europe, was in uh, 2000, 20 years ago. Mm. And since then, nothing happened. It doesn't mean that we need to do this every 10 years. So it just means that when we do something, it should last long, like with the previous regulation that we put in place. Uh, we call it the directive e-commerce uh, 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 20 years ago. In other words, the, 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 the exercise that we are doing now, we think it should last, hopefully, for the next generation 
20 years in one generation. And uh, that's why it's a very complex process. By the way, for us, we took one year, believe it or not, to uh, talk to his, uh, with everybody. And I should say everybody on the planet. We invite everyone to give us their feedback. Uh, of course, in the US, because we have a lot of big, uh, big companies, but also, in, in, of course, everywhere in Europe, in Asia. Everyone was welcome. We received 3,000 contributions. And it's based on these companies, NGOs, governments, everyone, that we propose this, what we balance, uh, that we propose, we propose this uh, proposal that we believe it's pretty balanced. But of course, it's important to share with our partners, with our friends, uh, how, we, how we did it. And, 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 and it's important to have some places where we can definitely uh, speak, uh, speak openly, like we did already uh, since we met. Uh, it's important to do it on a regular basis. Uh, it's important also to explain what we, why we are doing this, because at the end of the day, I think it's important to understand that what we are doing, at least us in Europe, it's for our European, European fellow citizens. We don't do this against anybody. We don't, we don't do this against any companies. We are just doing this, I mean, for our people, because it is our mission. And as a commissioner in charge of digital, it's just my, my job. But of course, be very transparent, be very open, explain as much as we can with our friends and partners. As you're having these conversations, do you feel like the tone is different with a new administration, or do you feel like it's always been very collaborative? We have been so uh, happy to, uh, to welcome you uh, in Bruxelles uh, uh, two months ago, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and we have a lot of, uh, I should say, um, friends in this uh, administration. But of course, you know, then we have the reality of politics, and, uh, and, 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 and it's true that over the past uh, few weeks, um, there are some voices in Europe uh, saying that, uh, uh, increasing voices, uh, that maybe things are, are broken or damaged. Uh, that's life, that's politics, but here I am. I am with my, uh, with my partner, my friend, trying to overcome the situation. Uh, but it's true that we have these voices, and uh, I don't want to, uh, to, uh, to, to comment this, but, uh, but I am a strong believer of, of course, uh, a partnership and balanced partnership. And believe me, in technology. I worked a part, big part of my life in technology. I know that technology is about uh, partnerships. But a partnership is made on trust and on uh, a, 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 a really uh, a balanced position where we respect the strengths of each other. Respecting each other is the basic of a good uh, partnership. And in technology, we need to have a lot of partnership, believe me. I just would like to say I appreciate the comments, and I very much appreciate you being here. And as I said, we're going to go have a working session. Uh, we had a terrific uh, session in June with the president, and President Biden has been so clear to us, his team, our mission is to reunite with the EU and our allies. So uh, like any relationship, you have some rocky bumps, but we have a longstanding commitment uh, based upon shared values, and we... Um, uh, you know, I plan to do great things working with you. Next week, we'll be together in Pittsburgh uh, with the commissioner's um, colleagues. And we have a lot to cover, you know, to, to work together to, as you just said, develop that trust. Um, in this regard, I feel very fortunate that my counterpart here has a decades long of successful career in technology. So when we sit down to work, I think we will be able to get a lot done. Clearly, 
the you know relationship, it's very palpable that you are both excited to be here and to be working on this together. I think that's very refreshing for a lot of people. Secretary Armando, to that end, I think a lot of people are really confused just about data. Who owns their data? Who is supposed to sell it or not sell it? Can I just get your broad take on what should we be thinking about in terms of regulating data and empowering consumers? Yeah. So you you own your data and we have to continue to t- take steps to protect individuals' privacy. Um, and they, you know that is a bedrock of American values and democracy and is becoming more complicated as, as our um, economy increasingly becomes a data-based economy. That means we have to hold companies accountable to make sure that data is indeed uh, protected by the consumer, for the consumer. We are working hard to make sure that um, data flows, transatlantic data flows, are absolutely protected. People deserve trust. Trust. This is trust and confidence. So we need to ensure that, uh, number one, there is data flow. Data, you know, so much of our economy is underpinned by trusted data flows. Think about the healthcare space doing clinical trials. You know, think about COVID and the vaccine. To move quickly and do clinical trials in a cross-border way, you need data flows, but it has to be protected. So we are working on frameworks domestically and internationally to make sure that we enable business and swift data flows, but also that, as I said, people feel confident that their data is protected from businesses, from the intelligence community, you know, period. Um, And so, you know, that's a priority of ours. Absolutely. Commissioner Patan, I'd love your take on this and the, you know, shared data flow, transatlantic data flow. No, I I fully agree with what uh, Secretary Armando uh, as an objective. I mean, the objective, and you know, uh, our fellow citizens from both sides of the uh, of the Atlantic are, are, are really regarding now uh, what's happened with our data. That's a, that's a, that's a very big topic, and of course, we put it in place in, in Europe the GDPR because we thought it was appropriate to make sure that uh, everyone could take control back to their own uh, data. But I would like to add one thing: uh, we are uh, mainly discussing of uh, personal data here. But the new uh, uh, revolution ahead of us, and uh, I'm sure that the audience uh, uh, will uh, really understand what, I'm, what I mean, will be uh, as industrial data. Industrial data means all the data that we will create uh, through uh, uh, the new uh, way of using uh, 5G, 6G, IoT, uh, connected car and everything. And that's a huge amount of data that we will mm-hmm. produce collectively, let's say in the next uh, four or five years. And, and, and it will be much bigger than the personal data we have, uh, we have generated over the past 20 years. So, I mean, uh, and we need to be ready for that because here we are talking from data that companies own and uh, they're extremely uh, cautious on uh, what could happen to their own data because behind, behind their data there is innovation, there is uh, um, R&D, uh, there is a lot of things uh, that they believe uh, appropriately that uh, should stay and then you know exactly what happened. And for us in Europe, uh, it, it has been a big topic. Uh, I know we have the Cloud Act, and this is something which is controversial in Europe because they want really to know that, uh, uh, for example, and uh, by the way, I would like to say that we are welcoming everyone in Europe. Uh, that's for sure, and especially in technology. But of course, if we have some, some, some specific regulation and rules, when I was a CEO, you mentioned this, I was always saying to my team, 
you know, when you are in a country, be a good citizen. Don't try to influence too much uh, what's happening uh, in, in, in the country where you operate. Just be a good citizen. But to be a good citizen, you need to have clear rules and that you could explain. And these rules should be sustainable and last for a long time. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly where we stand here. But remember, and for the cloud and uh, for the... Um, uh, uh, we, we, we believe in Europe. That's extremely important. We welcome, again, everybody. But we are working hard to make sure that everyone will understand that, uh, if I could take this metaphor, um, in Europe, uh, we are driving uh, on the right side of the road, not on the left side. So if you want to drive in Europe, you're welcome, but you will drive on the right side. <laughs> everyone has to abide by each country's rules, of course. You know, one thing when I think about data as we're on this topic is there have been a lot of scary moments where data has been leaked. Secretary Armando, how do you ensure that people from both Europe and America feel like their data is safe and protected? Yeah. So I previously I was going to bring up the topic of cybersecurity, um, which is obviously um, increasingly an issue. Ransomware attacks, it just this year alone, we've, what we've seen. About three weeks ago, the pre President Biden convened a cybersecurity summit at the White House, which I participated in, and we had all leading tech executives, insurance companies, to start to have a more serious discussion or continue the discussion around um, how do we beef up cybersecurity protection in the private sector. At this point, we are tending away from a... Um, mandatory system where we would, you know, prohibit the payment of ransom, we'll certainly discourage it, or where we would have certain requirements. And instead, actually our department here at the Department of Commerce, which sets cybersecurity standards, is running a very robust process, working with companies, particularly helping smaller and medium-sized companies, to know what they need to do to know how to protect data, how to protect themselves against cybersecurity, and also to make sure that they adhere. It's stunning that something like 70% um, of attacks could be prevented by two-factor authentication. Anyone can do that. Mm -hmm. So in any event, I think um, the Biden administration is going to have a extremely serious approach to this. We have a government-wide process running and uh, really kind of working with and pushing the private sector to uh, do more to protect themselves. Just to follow up, sometimes when there's a breach, you know, at a company, you'll get a notification as a consumer, your credit card information was compromised. But that's the only way you really feel that connection to that cyber attack. What are the big implications of cybersecurity on society that we need to be mindful of uh, so that, you know, more people understand why it's so important. I think people are starting to understand why it's so important. I mean, when you see just this year alone, people are understanding how devastating attacks to our energy systems can be, our healthcare systems can be. I think, um, you know, maybe a year or two ago, people weren't quite sure. But now, as the commissioner was saying, we are moving into a world where everything is digital. All of our healthcare records are digitized. Everything we do, our um, financial technology, our bank accounts, 
so I think that people are starting to get religion about it. And now the question for us as policymakers is how do we take that growing awareness and turn it into action so that we can protect ourselves? I also think the fact of malign actors who don't share our democratic values reaching into our companies is becoming clearer and clearer. And that's a threat not only to our democracy, but everyone's. Yeah. Commissioner, I'd love your take on it. No, um, I, I just would like to add that in this uh, uh, huge change of paradigm that we were discussing, uh, we were discussing a few minutes ago on, on, on the, uh, uh, let's say, industrial data, uh, thanks to the new, uh, let's say, 5G, de uh, 6G deployment, uh, Internet of Things and everything. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, most of these attacks are, are focused on uh, data centers, clouds, where we have our data, where we are, uh, but it's pretty localized, even if, of course, we see they're increasing drastically. And by the way, we share exactly the same view together, US and EU. And this is an area where definitely uh, we are willing to cooperate because we are exactly here on the same yeah. boat, if I may say so. And we know, by the way, that uh, where most of these attacks are coming. Uh, so we are we are not naive. Uh, and, 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 and we have a lot of things in common here. But look, uh, um, uh, with, uh, with, with, with IoT, with, uh, with the 5G and 6G, now the, uh, what we call the surface, surface of risk in cyber is now uh, um, uh, the whole country. Mm. Before, it was cloud, it was data centers, Computers, it was localized, even if it was uh, large, but localized. Now, imagine that every single object will be a point of entry. In other words, the surface of risk for me, who is in charge of cybersecurity in, in Europe, will be the whole continent. And it changed everything. And that's why yeah. it is really the time uh, now to, uh, to work again. And by the way, we, we announced also a uh, 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 cybersecurity act, a new one, uh, that's how President von der Leyen announced. That we are working on this to make sure that we can bring uh, all together, all players. And you mentioned something very important, uh, Secretary Armando, that, that I think that for SMEs, middle companies, so small companies, sometimes they don't have the skills, mm -hmm. they don't have the know-how. We need also to have uh, hubs to help them, to support them. So that's all, uh, a very important collective effort. And believe me, here, uh, I, um, there is one thing that I'm certain is that our joint partnership will mm -hmm. be absolutely paramount. I agree. You see that there's clearly a partnership happening between lawmakers. How much are you in touch with technology companies, technologists, entrepreneurs, investors about these types of issues? Secretary Mondal, I'll give it oh. to you. Um, extensively, extensively. As I just said, in the cyber uh, example, the, um, the tech standard setting body called NIST reports into me at Commerce, that's what we will do. So we're a neutral third party. And as such, have the a, a particularly good place to convene industry. And we do that constantly, convene companies across industry of all sizes. I, I personally um, also am doing that. In a, a couple of days, I'll be hosting um, a few dozen CEOs in the semiconductor business, another area that we are going to work on together. So uh, when earlier I said we had some concerns with the DMA, that's because I'm in contact constantly with American tech companies. So I think that uh, we can't do this without that collaboration. And I, and, and I know you feel the same. I and mean, when we met in, in June, there was a great discussion. In fact, we met at a SME convening where we listened to a couple dozen small companies around why data flows matter to them. So I would say... Um, it's essential. It's essential to be, get that feedback. 
And do you feel as though you're having those same conversations? Of course. I mean, uh, and, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, coming from the private sector, I know, I know that uh, uh, who has, uh, should do what. And we are not here to do the job of the companies. We are just here to help, to put everything together, and then to, decide, to, de to define a policy. But of course, we take companies together with them. And, uh, and, and, and in this area, it's, uh, it's absolutely uh, critical, uh, uh, especially uh, in, in cyber, to have, uh, to have uh, all these uh, high-tech companies together with us. Because um, this is a pretty fancy uh, uh, subject with a lot of technology, uh, a lot of innovation, including now in quantum, quantum encryption. A lot of things are, is happening. So. This is why it's extremely important for, for, for us as, a, um, let's say, uh, regulators to, uh, to, to, to really understand exactly where the technology will go. Because again, what, when we are doing something, uh, we need to do this uh, on the long term. We cannot change things uh, every, every three years. And that's why uh, the exercise is mm -hmm. not easy. And that's why we need everybody on board. But at the end of the day, we will take the decision. Yeah. We have just a minute left, so I want to pose a question to both of you, starting with Secretary Raimondo. We've talked about a bunch of scary issues, you know, <laughs> cybersecurity, privacy, data ownership. You know, I think if you're somebody who's tuning into this conference, you might ask yourself, well, what is there to be hopeful about? The promise of all this technology. On balance, I am much more hopeful than I am scared. You know, if you think about the promise of biotechnology, digital technology, data, it's amazing. We, and we need to promote that innovation and not stifle it, but regulate it appropriately so consumers don't get hurt. And I totally agree with you. Business wants predictability. They don't want things to change every two years. Commissioner? No, I'm optimistic if I look at history. It took centuries even more, to organize what was creating wealth. Uh, uh, I mean, our, our grand, the landscape. Us. Then it took uh, centuries to organize the way we should uh, 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 navigate on, on the ocean. Mm -hmm. Then it took some uh, decades to organize uh, the airspace traffic. Now we have a fourth dimension, which is digital space. Mm -hmm. And it is our job to organize it the way in this country uh, um, uh, uh, we have been um, wise enough to transform uh, the Far West of uh, the most developed country. Mm -hmm. But it takes time, and it's called democracy. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much to Secretary Raimondo, Commissioner Breton. Thank you so much to everyone for joining. Thank you to Salesforce for tuning in. And thank you to everyone at the Dreamforce team. That was U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo and European Commissioner for Internal Market Thierry Breton at this year's Dreamforce. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check out this year's Dreamforce on Salesforce Plus. That's salesforce.com slash P-L-U-S. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. 